Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night, Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Chaos, gentlemen. Unstoppable destruction. Created by nature, perfected by man. Interesting stuff, that mold. A little creepy, though. Can you feel this? What are you doing? Ah! Motherfucker shot me! My very special guest is the mastermind behind Mold. Director, writer, producer, Neil Meschino. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing good, Gruden. How you doing? Great. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, huh? 
The reason why I have you on here mostly is because of mold. You sent me a copy. I enjoyed it highly. It's I recommend it for anybody who likes the old 80s style horror. Um, I have a motto for that movie, which I'll mention it later on. But uh, if you want to talk about some of your earlier stuff, you're more in power to do so. I know that you have one from 2006, uh, Twas the Night. If you want to talk about that and let the listeners get an idea about that and other projects, and then we get into mold a little bit later. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, well, Twas the Night was, uh, was one of my, my film school short films. I went to school of visual arts in Manhattan. And uh, Twas the Night was actually uh, the first film shot by the director of photography who did mold. So that was my first time working with him. Okay. So it's got the same DP. And uh, I remember when I, when I picked him up, he didn't really know anything about it. Like, I didn't even get a chance to send him the script. It was kind of like uh, if my, my original DP dropped out. He, he couldn't do it, so I had to find someone last minute. And I, I called him, and I, you know, he was willing to do it, and I picked him up with a uh, Christmas tree on my <laughs> on my uh, top of my van. And he's like, well, what the hell are we shooting? I'm like, ah, oh, it's a Christmas film. So I threw him the script in the back seat. He started reading it. He's like, what the hell is this? Like, Christmas film? Okay eyes being gouged out and people being stabbed and <laughs> disgusting horrible things happening I'm like well yeah it's a Christmas film <laughs> happens to take place during Christmas it's really kind of a, a minor background thing but uh yeah so Twas the Night um, it is really a slasher film it's really the only slasher film I've ever made I'm not really big into slasher films but uh yeah it's, it's, it's you know definitely fun it's you know it's, it's in the Five of all the other films I've done, they're not too serious, not taking themselves too seriously. I like to to work comedy into everything I do. Yep. And uh, yeah, Twas the Night definitely has elements of that. I'll send you a screener of it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is there anything else that you've done before we get into mold? Uh, I've also done a um, <laughs> a barbarian, a black and white barbarian action comedy in a fictional language with uh, English subtitles called Die by the Sword. Oh wow! <laughs> that that is another uh, strange alternate universe comedy film. It's you know barbarians and this you know the comedy comes from the fictional language that I created. Actually scripted, they didn't just you know say mumbo jumbo in front of the camera. But uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know you've got just these weird words that I make up like bullshit and gorge talk and just, just having these characters say this over and over again was pretty goddamn hilarious. But it's got action. <laughs> Blood right. and guts, so it's got all the elements of horror. It's got you know dark comedy. It's 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 a fun movie. It's a it's a short. It's flawed. You know, it was like a I definitely overreached, and it. it was only my second film I had ever made, but it's it's got a lot of uh, merit to it. And I actually do want to expand it. I'm going to start uh, writing a script for it this summer. I'm going to expand it to a feature. Oh wow, interesting. That it's like Conan the Barbarian meets every horrible, gory film you can ever imagine, just with you know in a, in a fantasy world made up creatures and. Kind of like Lord of the Rings meets Conan meets um, Dead Alive. <laughs> interesting. For lack of a better horror. It's the film um, you sent me. And um, Mold. Now, I've heard about Mold. Um, and uh, when I got it, I reviewed it. Well, watched it, of course. And reviewed it. And you know what my slogan was, right? And it caused a little controversy on Facebook. I'm not going to mention no names because it ain't worth it. But I call this thing a fucking gem. Now, I stick to them words because me being in my late 40s or early 40s, I grew up in the 80s horror. So I've seen all kinds of 80s horrors. Cheesy horrors, I love. Shit horrors, 80s horrors, I love. I'm just an 80s diehard freak. 
And when I watch Mold, I've noticed... Now, I, like I said in my, in my review, I didn't know if it was on purpose or not, but when I was watching this movie, I kind of like was flashing back to 1985. I mean, I really enjoyed this film. It had, it had some comedy in it. It had some seriousness. It had some uh, organs in the bathroom. It has everything that you want in the film. And the ending was basically left open, obviously. You know, a lot of people do that for a purpose. It's either a sequel or not a sequel. I mean, that's how the 70s movies did it. Um, but Mold, if you want to, I know a lot of listeners have already listened to my reviews and a bunch of other reviews on this movie. But to hear from the director's mouth himself, um, do you want to give the listeners an idea about Mold? And if you got any funny stories that go along with it that happen while you're making it, feel free to chat away. Well, Mold is, uh, and, and you you insinuated that you know you weren't sure if I was doing that on purpose as far as the throwback, but it was definitely on purpose. I mean, I set the movie in 1984, and my all my favorite horrors come from the 80s. You know, I mean, not every one of them, but you know, all the best ones in my mind, the most fun movies, the most memorable movies, and the best characters. They all, they all come from the 80s. So, I mean, I always try to emulate that Good when deal. I do horror. I like so, that. I mean, I set the movie in 1984, just you know, specifically for that purpose. Actually, 1984 setting had two purposes. One, I wanted to invoke the 80s horror films, and two, being a a science fiction type of film too. It's like sci-fi yep. horror comedy. It's yep. got elements of all three. I couldn't afford to have modern technology. There's <laughs> just no way I can have like some kind of modern science lab and right. make it believable whatsoever. So like the only way I can do this was setting it in 1984 so that I can go to like thrift stores and buy cheap electronics and you know search around on eBay and just get a lot of crazy wacky 80s electronics for yep. next to nothing and fill the set with that. So. It was out of necessity and also out of style. Right. Filmed it in the eighties. <laughs> but but I, um Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. And we, we uh I rented a warehouse on Long Island and I built all the sets myself for a few months, you know, leading up to the shoot. Right. And uh, you know, that was also a necessity. It was just, you know, it was I didn't want to like wait to the last minute trying to find a place where we can shoot it. And I never really had all the money at one time. It was kind of just like I was saving up to shoot the movie, but it was also like, you know, the movie cost around forty grand. But it's never like I had forty grand at one time. You right. Know? So I couldn't pay someone five grand or ten grand to shoot in their place. So it was just easier for me to rent a place and just try to work off that money monthly, build all the sets myself, and then that was a that was quite the endeavor, let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it worked out. I mean, I had total I had total freedom in in you know in my own warehouse. There was no time we had to stop shooting and there was you know, you know nothing limiting us it was just we had it all to ourselves all the time right and uh you know I, I built like a loft in the back of the warehouse and put like 10 beds back there so the whole cast and crew we can all kind of just crash in the warehouse and you know we'll, we'll shoot all day and then crash and then shoot all day again and then go home so we were showering every other day you know right. we were blind <laughs> the entire time so <laughs> I mean, everyone was, like, miserable and loving it at the same time. I mean, the whole cast and crew were really into it, and it was a lot of fun making it, and we all we all really got along together, so it was a really good time, but it was just, you know, stressful 16, 18-hour shooting days, getting four hours of sleep in a crappy warehouse walk, you know. So, right. Um, it, it was very difficult to make, but, uh, you know, it, I think it was for the best, the fact that we kind of had this, like, almost, like, filmmaking boot camp uh, stay-away sleepovers, so it was, it was good times making it. Well, there's one actor in there particular, particular that I really dug is the, the Colonel. Is that what it was? The Colonel, correct? Yeah. Yeah, the Colonel. And, Edward X. 
Yeah. yeah, and I really loved how he he put an extra effort in that role in that movie, and that definitely, I mean, just by the way he acted in that movie, is definitely a flashback of an 80s actor of just how his dialogue came out. You know, it's it, 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 this movie had so many so many great stuff about it. It's the mold that you did in in, in the hallway. Now, I don't normally don't ask these questions, but I'm curious. How long did it take to set that up? You mean the uh, stop motion, the mold rolling yeah. along the walls and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. That was uh, all, all the mold stop motion that in that film was was done in was done after a day of shooting, when the cast and crew, except for the DP, all went home. And me and the DP just stayed behind. But after a 16-hour shoot day, we stayed behind another six hours to do that. Wow. So it was like at the end of a really long day. It was like I was about to... Because, you know, when I built the, all the sets in the warehouse, like I said before, I couldn't build them all at one time. Because right. Because the warehouse was too small. I had to do one set at a time. Right. So it was the last day of shooting in the lunchroom, which is where, like, 80% of the action takes place. Yeah. So this was the last chance to do it. So we really just spent, you know, six to eight hours doing that. And then afterwards, I had a dismantle that entire set and then rebuild a new set in two weeks before we started shooting again in all the other locations. (laughs) So that that really didn't take too long and in fact, if anything, I wish we had done a little more of it because it was effective. Yeah, it was. And I I would have liked to have used more but it was just, you know, time was so tight and the schedule was tight and it was right around Christmas that we were doing that so, you know, like, last chance to get it done so we, you know, it it wasn't, uh, it didn't take that long. Right. It was fairly easy. I like the, um, I'm assuming um, he was like a zombie type character, and I liked how he took the orders from the colonel. <laughs> he just stopped. Yeah, that was clever. Wasn't to no one else, but uh, you know he's loyal to his colonel. That was clever. <laughs> and then of course yeah, had, everyone's favorite character is the colonel. He definitely yeah. got the most uh, the most comedy. It, it, even the um the I don't remember names. I apologize, but even the the scientist, the bald guy. What was his yeah, name? Uh, he is Dr. Matthew Kane, and the actor is Rick Haynes. Right, and he's another one. I, I, I could swear to God, his character in this movie, I've seen... It's hard to explain. He had that bald head. He had that... Even he had the 80s look. I mean, you've you, <laughs> you done it so well. It's just... I mean, of course, and again, it's pretty simple. If you look back to the 80s pictures or 80s movies, you can, you can get a good idea of, of how to maneuver it around, but... You know, the, the whole cast was good, especially the part, I, mean, I don't want to give too much away in case people didn't see it, but the part mm-hmm. where he drank that stuff, you didn't know exactly... Well, where he what? Where he drank that... that, that, that oh, right, right, right. The, uh, the mold, anti-agent. Right. And I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen there, but he couldn't have done it any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick Haynes great. Like, nicest guy in the world, too. Um, and he is another mustachioed character in the film and uh, his mustache is actually fake you probably wouldn't even really notice that he had the most real looking fake mustache of the group really yeah That's he has uh, he, he had alopecia he can't grow a mustache okay okay <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I when I when I first you know when I first met him and I was you know interviewing him and uh, you know auditioning him I was asking him if he can grow a mustache He's like, yeah, sorry, can't do that. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I loved him in the audition, and he just, you know, I thought I had to get him a fake mustache. But his, his actually worked out the best. Dave Hardy's was a little more obvious as far as the fake mustache. Goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm a fan of mustaches. I, I, I can't really tell you why. I just, I like, 
I like facial and body hair. I find it interesting, so yeah. I made sure everyone had mustaches. <laughs> now, um, the congressman, um, you couldn't find anybody who could have acted like that any better. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's James Murphy, and he is a wonderful actor. He is in some of my shorts. Yeah, and the bathroom scene. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the green mold. Oh, brother. I mean, he. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's not enough dick in films, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I just feel like I had to please the other half of the. I needed some dick in myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know fact, what? I'm not sorry. I'm not apologetic about that. <laughs> no, but you know what? There's no movie that had that. had the uh, penis thing in it. Was um, Cabin Fever 2. I haven't seen part two yet, but I was a fan of part one. I, well, see, a lot of people hate part two. I absolutely enjoyed part two. I guess. See, to be honest with you, I didn't. When I watched the first Cabin Fever, I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite like it. And I mean, this is years ago. And then I mm-hmm. went back to my roots a couple years, about maybe a year ago, two years ago, and I watched it again. And of course, that's before I got into independent horror. That's before I understood. You know the difference between high end and middle end and low end. Then when mm-hmm. I, when I watch part two, you got to see that one. I gave it I think a seven point five out of ten. I think it was. I really liked yeah, it. I'll and, check it out. Yeah, there, there's a, a gross scene. In, there's a couple gross scenes in there, but check it out. But yeah, but um, is there any other projects going on besides what we talked about after mold? I mean, are you just going to hang around and and just see what happens to the mold? Well, it's definitely um, a waiting game with mold right now. Um, it's been hard to, to start new projects. I have concepts I want to I want to flesh out, but um, I you know I haven't even I'm not even done with mold yet. Okay, it's, it's very close to being done, but it's hard to start a new project when I'm still trying to finish the old one. I don't like leaving you know untied strings. So right. I, I've been just trying to, to finish mold like the, the the version I sent you. It's not even the final cut. Okay. And right. I have a composer working on some new tracks, and we're going to do some more foley. I mean, it's pretty close to being the final cut, but uh, yeah, I haven't had a chance to really uh, start working on new projects right. until I finish this one. And this is, you know, a labor of love for me, and it's really a one-man show, especially at this point in post. Uh, you know, I've been doing everything myself, so right. the process has taken you know two years up to this point now. Because usually, you know, in Hollywood, you know, I don't like to compare. Right, you know, Hollywood because there's really no comparison. But you know, they have two, three hundred people working in post, and right. it still takes a six months to finish a movie. You know, so me doing everything myself, it's you know, it's just a long, drawn out process, and everyone thinks I'm crazy that I'm still working on it. But <laughs> hey, you know, every every time I do a new cut, it gets better. So if it's getting better, and there's no reason to stop. So. Right, exactly. And yeah, but um, yeah. Well, I to say, I mean, you know, the things that I I do want to work on as soon as I do wrap up mold, which I expect to be done, you know, in about six weeks to two months to be totally having the final cut is I want to I want to work on this script for Mold 2 because I have some great concepts for that nice and I want to I want to flesh out uh, that Die by the Sword shirt I was telling you about yeah, yeah. Film. so those are, those are two projects that uh, I have my eyes set on but I haven't actually begun yet right well one thing I will say um, it's fun to do a, a reviews because um, you can get an idea of what people are interested in, and I've noticed that mold every week. People are there's new people keeps listening to the review, and, and the numbers keeps getting higher and higher. And I'm so amazed how certain movies catches people's uh, attention. I mean, obviously Char Harden listened to my review. You know, we're good friends and all, and that's probably why she's interested in it because you know it it takes 
it takes a review from somebody, I mean, especially if you don't know anything about it, and usually people can can sense, you know, the common taste. Like, if someone has the same taste as I do, obviously they're going to want to watch it because if I liked it. And word of mouth and a review can go a long way. It, I've come to realize that. I've come to realize that. But um, it was a fun film. You know, I, I'm going to venture down that road to watch it again once I get free time, you know. But, uh, Neil, I just want to say it again. It's a fucking gem. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not bullshit well, when I say that. But, uh, anything that's, you know, 80s or anything that's different, which that movie is definitely different because it has every combination you want. It has comedy, it has gore, it has objects, <laughs> it has explosions. Yeah, it's got a little tough for everybody for sure. Right. And I love the break room real quick. When, 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 when it's scenes in the break room, it looks so, so generic 80s. It's funny as shit. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was like my kitchen back in the 80s. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it wasn't too hard because I actually, uh, you know, I, 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 my, my grandmother passed away here in the filming, but uh, I live in my grandmother's house, separate apartment, it's a three-story house, but, um, you know, she had so much stuff in her house that was from the 70s, 60s, 80s, all this old stuff that, you know, the TV was hers, and oh, wow. the, oven, the oven was hers, we got a new oven, so I took the old oven and put it on the set and hooked up to a propane tank to the gas. <laughs> so there's so many things on that set that were actually from my grandmother's house. That's awesome. <laughs> it really <laughs> did work out pretty well. <laughs> that is awesome. Now that the the wimpy guy, um, I guess it was a congressman's helper or whatever. <laughs> <And> Rhodes. <laughs> that poor guy. Rhodes. That poor guy. <laughs> poor. <laughs> but anyways, um, That's Nick Russo. Okay, uh, I I'm, I apologize. I'm terrible with memory names. I'm terrible. But um, usually, usually I am too. But yeah, I know these guys pretty yeah. well at this point. So I got their names down. <laughs> so now, but uh, one, one other thing I do want to say about that that eighties feel you keep bringing up is, um, you know, when when I, you know, I said I love eighties and I definitely wanted to incorporate that style into the film, and that's a big reason why I said it in eighty four alongside the technology thing is, um, you know, when I was thinking about it and how I wanted to portray that eighties feel, I was first. <laughs> I was at a loss because, you know, a lot of these 80s films or these, these new modern films that are trying to be 80s throwbacks, you know, if they take place in the 80s or whatever it is, they have, you know, pop culture they can put in there, you know, all these references or 80s cars or, you know, just whatever it is You're that right. they can throw in there, they're able to do that. And with my film, you know, it takes place in a science lab. These are professional government people in uniforms. And it just, I really didn't have any opportunities to insert pop culture in there or even that much of the fashion style of the days. And even in, in a lot of ways, I couldn't even incorporate the crazy hairstyles that I would have because these would be government scientists. They wouldn't even have those crazy hairstyles. So, right. I was, you know, I was stuck thinking, like, well, what can I do to make this very 80s? And, uh, you know, it took me a while to really just kind of figure it out. But in the end, for me, the best way to do it was to make the movie as, as fun and, and zany and over the top as possible because a lot of those 80s movies we love from back in the day I mean they're so over the top <laughs> and they have all these crazy characters that are just like unbelievable in reality you know yep. but so I mean for me the best way to to, to get the feel of the 80s was just to have to have fun with the film and just and, and let it be fun and have that come across and uh, that in my opinion that was one of the better decisions I made was just to let it go that way because there was no other way for me to do it you know I couldn't couldn't like you know have like the crazy you know the crazy 
whatever the hell people were wearing in the 80s and the big hair and I just couldn't do that there was no pop culture for me to really right. stick in aside from raking raking was like my only in that was so cool I, though I used that to my best <laughs> that, that was cool seeing that though because that, that that really really brought it in focus quick of what year it was yeah it, so. it ties it in and it also ties into the plot well too so, right you know, it right it worked out there's no substance or style to self-releasing bold. I'm doing what most film filmmakers don't have the ball to do. I'm going right past the distributor. I'm releasing it myself. It should be out hopefully by June. I'm going to set up a website and you'll be able to stream it. And I'll be, you know, setting out, sending out a press release when, when it's all ready. But, uh, I'm going to announce it here now for the first time on Grusom Herzog that mold will be released by myself in, in, by the beginning of the summer. Excellent. And what you do is, when you're ready to do it, uh, email me the website link, and I'll attach it to the interview. You know, when it's on. That way, in case they do listen to it, they can click right on it and order their copy right then and there. Right. All right, brother. Well, thank right, you. Man. Well, thank you very much. Um, you take care of yourself and uh, have a happy mold day. <laughs> All right, Thanks a lot. Take care, brother. Having me. Yep, no problem. Right. Take care. Hello, hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Herzog's podcast to the outside world. His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corbea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Hey, this is Bill Oberst Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal. And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator on Free Stunt Team. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal. And you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. (laughs) 